Hello, popsters, and from that little audio clip, it's all about Hollywood and more specifically the 94th, yes, Academy Awards. <laughs> I'm looking over at my uh, my guest host and he is confirming, thank God, someone else is here with me. So, like last year, um, we will be discussing the nominations for the 94th um, Academy Awards, some surprises, some exciting things, and um, my guest this week is Mr. Stuart Hoffman of the Cleveland area. Stu, what is going on, and how are you here with us? Oh, at the moment, <laughs> your dog just jumped on my lap, which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> Uh, hello, thank you for having me. As any of my friends know, uh, I love movies. I love uh, the Academy Awards, the, the positive and negatives, the whole um, representation of film over the years, representing the, the past year. Um, yeah, I just love it all. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. So if you, this is kind of a weird question. Do you remember the first time you watched the Academy Awards as a kid? Like in kind of connecting it, like we are giving we're giving trophies to actors. Like or what was your thoughts? I always think about this. Like when people watch their first Academy Awards. My earliest memory of watching the Academy Awards was the year that Jack Palance won <laughs> for City Slickers yes. and did the one-handed push-up. Yes. Because I even remember, so that would have been in, I think, 91. Yeah. So I would have been only seven years old. and But I remember <laughs> when they announced his name, my mom making some sort of comment of, like, well, he won't have much of a chance to win again like, because of how old he, was. old he was. But then, so that was like, that's my earliest memory of it. But I didn't really get interested in earnest until sometime in middle school. I'm the kind of person who likes a list, like, and crossing things off a list. It's a very satisfying thing. Right. And absolutely. I. Uh, remember when the AFI put their, uh, there was a big television event called the 100 Best Movies of All Time. Yes. And I already had an, an obvious interest in film. I was always very shy, very introvert, and just liked watching movies and TV. Um, but I remember when that list came out, I'm like, I want to see them all. Mm -hmm. I want to cross them all off. And somewhere around that time, I also... Um, from a bookstore saw what was called an Academy Awards handbook where it had, it was about the size of this little, this little notebook that I have. What is that? A four by thicker. six? Five um, by six? Sure. <laughs> Looking, if, if it, I'm, not, I'm great with measurements. Yeah, me too. Just spot on. But, <laughs> and so it had every single year, all of the nominees of the major categories and the winners for all of the, uh, the, 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 you could say smaller categories, the art and tech awards. And just me being that kid, I wanted to like, oh, I want to cross them all off. Mm -hmm. And this would have been in like 97, maybe. So middle school for me. And it went back to 1927, the first year of the Oscars. And so that was, that's kind of how I got my, my first interest in, in the Academy Awards. 
That's cool. I mean, I think it's interesting, too, because if people don't know, anybody who's listening to this from the Cleveland area knows that Stuart Hoffman is an actor. Um, So I'm sure there was a connection there as well. Or did you see it separately? Um, Because, you know, you said, you know, you're introverted and shy, crossing the things off the lists. But did you look at that? And or were you performing at that time? Like, was that a little bit before you started acting or? That was before I started acting. My first show was also in uh, in middle school. I was the scarecrow in a non-musical version of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ne- at the time I didn't quite connect me loving movies and watching movies with me my interest in acting hmm. especially since even now I don't have that much of an interest in film acting right it's, it's, it's stage acting for me and both of my brothers were involved in in, sta- in stage, stage acting, acting yeah and they're both older than me so I would see that in when I was in middle school and that's kind of partially how I gravitated towards it myself and but yeah that was that's that's an interesting uh, thought to have because I think it I think if you're a performer um, in any way, I think something will connect, or if it hasn't happened yet, because when I was younger, I danced a lot. So I was dancing, and then I did a little bit of theater on the side. So that was, I was always around an element from the age of, like, six, of, like, showbiz, Mm -hmm. like, sequins, too much makeup. Like, that whole thing, I was, like... Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I, I am into this. I love everything about it. And I would watch old movies and you'd mm-hmm. see the connection. Like you watch Stage Door and you're like, oh mm-hmm. my God, this is amazing. This could be my life. And you're like eight. <laughs> the red shoes. Yeah, oh, the red <laughs> shoes. The red shoes, which is, I find to be one of the most highly problematic <laughs> movies about womanhood. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've uh, seen it. But the dancing is... is yeah. Majestic, but the storyline makes you mm-hmm. very angry as a woman. But um, do you remember when we first met? What show we worked on together, or at least that's how I remember first meeting you. I don't remember. I don't know if that's how you met me. <laughs> Did we work on a zombie? Yeah, a zombie version of what was the zombie version of? It was something Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... or it was like a. Yeah, William Shakespeare's Land of the Dead. <laughs> That's it. You were you were a zombie. Zombie fourteen. I forget if you became zombified mid-show or if you came <laughs> on and you had already been zombified off stage. But anyway, I, I just thought I'd yes, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh my gosh, so much fun being a mm. zombie back in the day. Oh my god. Yeah, many of you may not have heard of, of that. Um, star-studded Cleveland performance <laughs> about 10... What was that, 10 years ago? I want to say 10 or 11 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, but, yeah, so... I re- The first Academy Awards I remember seeing, though, I remember um, Sylvester Stallone came out, and it was, like, all jokes about, you know, being Rocky... And also being Rambo. 
And at one point, somebody pulled, and they were like, you're getting old, Sly. He's like, old. And they pulled his arm, like his arm cuff things. So he was like. Sleeveless? Yeah, they made him sleeve, not arm cuffs, but they pulled his, the sleeves. And they came off. So he was like in a vest, you know, popping his guns. Oh, wow. I don't don't remember when that was. (laughs) And I remember seeing that. Okay. What if it wasn't even the Academy Awards? I don't know. But it was really... My only memory... It was of, really exciting for me. There's a famous <laughs> moment in, in the 76 after Rocky came out where uh, Stallone came out to present an award or or maybe he wasn't to present an award but he was going out to speak and then as he's talking, Muhammad Ali came out behind him unbeknownst to him and kind of started sneaking up behind him and the audience started laughing and Stallone starts going, what, where do you, and he turns around and just like, just erupts in like laughter and glee and they start jokingly sparring with each other. Oh, and, I think I've seen that. And this is, that's on YouTube. Anyone yeah. can just search that on YouTube, but it's such, such a, it's just, just such a sweet, that's, that's, that's my main memory of uh, him at the Oscars. Um, obviously I wasn't alive for that live, <laughs> but. And you, yeah. I remember seeing him and going, wow, he's a very short person. Oh. He is a very uh-huh. short person. Like, okay. Like, compared to, first, most actors are shorter. <laughs> but, like, for playing such, you know, like, these hyper-masculine mm-hmm. guys, you think that he's going to be, he's very diminutive in stature. Okay. Yeah. It was shocking. The, Just shocking. The, the, the camera adds Weight and height, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or you have lifts, sure. or oh yeah, someone's you know like Tom Cruise standing on an apple box, or I don't know. Yes, I don't yeah. think he's ever stood on an apple box. That's that's, that's one of the allegedly like, jokes. Yeah, <laughs> much shorter yeah. than people realize. But yeah, so so I think this time of year, I get first off, I cannot believe, I cannot believe we are talking about the Academy Awards again because. <laughs> What is time? What is time? Well, time is not real. (laughs) Time is not fucking real. It's crazy. And um, to think that, like, last year at this time, I was talking to Tim about this. And we there was, like, not even an option of me sitting next to somebody Mm. to do this. That's right. I was going to ask. I'm not your first in person. No, no, no. Okay, okay. You're not my first, Stuart. <laughs> You're not my first. Um, Stuart, luckily, is sitting beside me, which is how I prefer it. But the majority of my podcasts have been remote because of COVID. And like last year when we did this podcast, it was challenging because to not have someone really right beside you when you're talking about, you know, movies and actors and at any second, you can be like, oh, wait, what year was that? What year was that? It loses some of the effect. But we had a ball doing it. Love you, Tim. And um, I was so glad when um, I connected with Stuart this year because I was like, I have to have you on for this. We got to get new blood. <laughs> I got to hear your opinions. But, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, to me, the To me, the glam... I'm a little bit basic. The glam brings me in. I better definitely see be seeing colors. <laughs> um, I, I, I cannot have any more somberness. I understand the world is burning. I get it. Give me one fucking night off. Just one <laughs> night off. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. 
Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I know I, that sounds horrible. I was just looking up last year. The Oscars were in late April, which is very late. Usually they're yeah, in uh, March, uh, February or March. Yeah. And so maybe it feels like they just happened because they happened so late, later in the year than usual. That might be it. And there is no time. That, there's always I mean, that. There's. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm um, befuddled how everything just goes by that quickly but i'm in better spirits this year it is returning to when i say it i mean the show will be returning to the dolby theater and it will be airing as it did last year Stuart informed me on this too i had informed me on this that is the english i used um Stuart just informed me that it has been Hosted by ABC for a number of years. I did not realize that. It was kind of like a multi-year contract. That is interesting. Um, but it will... We're not, I'm not sure, nor Stewart, if there's a host. God, I miss... I do miss the... Just, well, Whoopi is on suspension right now. Can we just bring her back for oh, a little song and dance yeah. with Billy Crystal? I'm pretty sure Billy Crystal is just <laughs> tapped out. He's done enough. He's done it so successfully. He's just the He's ultimate the showman for me. He has a way of making Perfect. fun, but also with a wink in his eye. He's yes. not being like, he's not being like. Ricky like, Gervais. Ricky, sure, that's my, who I was trying, the word name I was trying to place. Um, not Pat, just aggressively uh, hateful yeah. towards the community that he belongs to. <laughs> or like if, uh, like if Steve Martin was, now Steve Martin can sing, but he's not exactly a song and dance man. Right. But. It, he's also someone I think did a really would re- do a really good job of of poking fun without seeming mean spirited, like right. getting like like him and Martin Short together or something like you know off the success of their that TV show. Oh, that, that would they be just a smart did. idea. But I mean, having two old white men maybe not the best optics. <laughs> um, but I'm, I, I, I'm sure they're they're considering uh, options. <laughs> I mean, it's like an unlimited well. Of two old white guys. And mm-hmm. like you really, like if you I do start... like the double hosts too though. I do think I do it's too. really good. It, without unless it's like like someone like Billy Crystal, he can handle his own. But I remember when uh I mean even though Alec Baldwin, obviously, but <laughs> that year that he co hosted with Steve Martin, I thought the two of them did play that off. That was other a solid year. Yeah. I know. We can't talk about <laughs> we could talk about Alec Baldwin. I just don't want to like you know, mention the name without without yes. mentioning, like, no, I know, but remember, yes. like, 12 years ago when he was funny. <laughs> there was a good, there was a good chemistry between them. Well, he's full gray now. You can't have oh. now Alec Baldwin with another gray-haired, like, that is yeah. too, too white, too gray, mm. too old. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I, mean I, I do think that having the no-host thing can work. We've seen it work but it means that you still need somebody to start the show strong. Yes. Just to be able to give that opening monologue. There was, wasn't there the year that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did, or I could be conflating it with the Emmys or something. They did the Emmys. They did the Emmys or the Globes. I don't know. It was one of the years that the show decided to have no host. And so they had two people come out. And give the equivalent of the opening monologue where they poke fun at the movies and introduce everybody and everything, which would make me think, why aren't they just the hosts? Oh, but it's a way to cut time. Right. But there is a, to me, there is like a life force, like a, 
of the Academy Awards. Like, there's, that's the wrong term. It's like a body that needs to be resuscitated throughout the night at the right points. Mm-hmm. And it takes... In, in the right ways. Too. In the right Sometimes ways. it's a little forced. I remember last year, if you want to move into yes. last year, but... In the train station. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, given COVID, all these live award shows were trying to pivot. Everyone was trying to adjust and find ways to continue to move on and do what they want to do, but having to adapt. And I thought given that, the whole concept of it, I thought it started out really strong with um, following... Um, of course, Regina Hall. Yeah, and, it, and they kind of making it yes. out. Like, it's Steven Soderbergh, who's a well-known filmmaker... Yeah. Um, saying it's going to be like a movie. And I go, what? <laughs> and so the opening sequence, like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, please let it be this surreal. Mm-hmm. Are we in a movie or are we watching the Academy Awards throughout this entire situation? Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be that. And I was gleeful. And then it was not. It's, yeah, it's just that <laughs> it, it started with that concept, but then kind of just it turned into a, yeah. kind of a regular award show. But let, it felt a little less glamorous because everything looked so bright. Like there was sunlight coming in through every yes. window. Everyone looked like they were sweating. Like they were too warm. Yeah, Frances um, McDormand looked miserable. <laughs> well, when, <laughs> don't when, I know what you're going. When's the last time you've seen her smile like no, in real she life? Does, I mean. She is not a natural smiler, yeah. and I'm fine with that. Um, God bless you, Frances McDormand, but she. <laughs> I mean, she had that mask on the whole time, and those arms were crossed, and I was like, this is not glamorous. This is not... There was so much about that. They did a great job for what they did. They did a great job, heavy lifting, but it was the antithesis for me from the Oscars. There was like... There was no possible escapism for one minute when you're like mm-hmm. okay half of the guests are masked mm-hmm. they keep on mentioning covid mm-hmm. they keep on mentioning mentioning covid like they won't i'm like we know where we're at now we know where we're <laughs> at it's okay there's a lot of this i must have blocked out i didn't rewatch yeah. it on youtube but <clears throat> no but for this They're the thing i do remember and they were trying i felt like some of the like actors who were and they were trying to be real creative with like the zoom ins and like the camera right over there with like real quick takes. I was like, okay, that's the Steven Soderbergh, I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I like mean, trying to be slick. They were trying to be clever. I don't know. Very French cinema for some at one point. I'm like, what's happening? Where am I? But they were every one of those people who had to get up there and accept an award or present or just do some dialogue in between. We're giving it like 250%. I was, I was cringing. I love Laura Dern. Like I could feel my, my outside of my body literally curling into itself. She was not only were they, instead of showing for some reason, a small clip of the work of these actors she went and she was um, presenting the best... She was presenting the best actor, I believe. Laura Dern. It might have been, like, best supporting actor. Or best supporting Usually actor. Usually, the, like, whoever wins the 
of that gender the next year does the right because she gender. won from for marriage story Correct, yeah. yes very good so it was she was being very, very earnest and i'm sure i'm sure she meant every word of it <laughs> but she was introducing these men and she was like having these like little like little I felt this way when I watched this performance. Oh and my. and it was, you know, there was, um, oh gosh, I forget his name, and he's so good. There was the um, assassination of, he was... Jesse James? No. <laughs> Assass- no. Oh my gosh, why can't I remember which, this? Which movie are you... Uh... This is last year. Okay. It was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. He was nominated for... Oh, it was Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, for Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Um, so she is talking about his performance in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Steven Soderbergh, this was your fault. They, like, are zeroing in on him. He looks so uncomfortable with, oh. like, this tall white woman talking to him like talking about him like it's like he's kind of you feel like he's kind of like oh okay i'm good Mm. but like get on with the actual award just show the clips yeah oh i love that too i honestly love feeling like i'm getting a sense even if i haven't been able to see all the movies a sense of each of the movies by Mm -hmm. the time the show is over, so I know, like, what I have to definitely run and watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's interesting, that story that, depending on the amount of awards that they have, they culminate throughout the night, and they get recognized. You're like, by the end, you're like, okay, there's this foreign film I had no idea about that I am obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard 16 people talk about it. They received two awards. I'm seeing all of these people that are connected with other movies of interest to me so it's like this whole thing Mm -hmm. which i find that's kind of my favorite part yeah it's a way to get people to want to to watch their movies Mm -hmm. and either they you know it's all marketing especially now where so many things are streaming they'll either wait and then once the nominations come out then all of a sudden like right now nightmare alley was streaming on both hulu and hbo right I'm like, oh, how convenient. The nominations come out, and it's so widely available because they want people to start watching more. They want people, the, the, just the regular viewing public, right. to want to watch. And viewership is always terrible, especially in, in today's day age where everybody will just wait till the next day right. and watch the clips online. They want people to watch live. So if they get movies out there after the nominations come out, then people will see the movie Maybe they'll like it, and then they'll want to watch the award show to see if that movie they just watched will do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword, especially when movies, there's, there's always going to be recency bias. You know, yes. something like Belfast. I saw Belfast. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I saw it a few months ago. I'm struggling to remember details of right. it. Right. Because I've, I've watched so many movies. So, but but to, to go back, yeah, it's like to see people talk about these movies they love, because they, they want people to, to see them. Yeah. I, oh my goodness. Oh, here's a, one quick question before we proceed. Are you, do you have, are you one of these folks that have problems? What is your thoughts about 
you know, it's been this last couple of years, the rumblings, especially like with Martin Scorsese and a few other directors. And then it was funny because he ran off and then he did the movie for Netflix after this. The Irishman. Yeah. The Irishman. Um, it was like, all right, I guess that doesn't matter now. Being upset um, if a Netflix movie is, you know, ends up getting the same type of accolades and what have you as a movie produced by like a major. Because they don't think of Netflix as, you know, a creative force and a movie, you know, a movie making institution and what have you. So did you, I, would, I remember being shocked when they, I think it was Mudbound. The year that Mudbound came mm-hmm. out, I think that was one of the first movies from Netflix, made by Netflix, that was, like, nominated for anything. And I was like, oh, this is real. Like, this is, this is real. And that movie was great, also. Mm-hmm. That didn't hurt. But um, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Uh, or, has your, or has your feelings evolved? Well, I remember... It- hearing about Spielberg saying those things I, I don't remember yes. I, I usually try to like avoid stuff like that because a lot of me is kind of like uh right. uh let me enjoy movies on my terms and, but um but Spielberg I remember him saying something about streaming service I feel like Scorsese was more critical of like Marvel movies or something like that I think he, oh he, he is he definitely very, critical yeah if that's Marvel what I'm movies. remembering yeah you're better at keeping track on, yeah. on that sort of right stuff. i can never do what you do i don't follow music i don't follow the celebrity gossip that that that's all you you're, I know you're, you're great at that um it but, all intersects <laughs> but i i remember it was a few years ago there was not not was beasts of no nation was that the name of the movie beasts of no nation where, yeah and there was it, something else out that exact same year that everyone thought, oh, well, these two movies are so good, they'll be represented at the Oscars, and then they didn't get nominated. And I viewed it as they weren't ready to acknowledge that the streaming service can be a qualifier. Right. Because the Academy has all these rules over the movie has to be shown in L.A. and New York for a certain number of weeks to qualify, and and if it is on streaming too soon, then it's just not... They, they have all these rules about right. it. Obviously, that's changed. I do think that um, that this was going to happen, COVID or not, it was just the order... The, the, it was yeah. just the natural order of things. More movies were going to be readily available. Um, I mean, just for me personally, nothing beats... And I think this is what Spielberg is more um, um, just acknowledging that so since the beginning of the film it was always considered to be a communal thing in a movie theater with the big sound with the big screen i mean they called them movie houses as an intentional pun to feel like a home that people are like a communal experience and so i mean i i'll watch a movie no matter what but there will be certain ones that i'm like i want to see that on the big screen yeah and i think everyone is like that now So, I mean, I, I don't have a, I, 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 the, only, the only thing about it that would get a little slippery slope for me is because there's so much TV out there. There's so many miniseries, so many yeah. made-for-TV movies. At what, like, how do they decide, oh, this one's a made-for-TV movie for Netflix, but then this one is one that qualifies. Yeah. For, it just seems to me it's like, because TV is becoming more like movies right. with its quality and budgets and casts. So how do they 
uh, how, how do they really determine the difference? That's not my job. I, I'll just I'll, right. I'll still watch what I want to watch and let them. <laughs> yeah, pick it, up the yeah, and it is it's it is crazy because it is there's just certain things that are not they cannot be appreciated to their like full mm-hmm. awesomeness. Well, I didn't on. mean to say like awesomeness like cannery, but like true awesomeness like Dune. That's ex- you. I don't care how large you your get out of my head. I team, was like right. waiting for a beat that I can say. Can you imagine watching <laughs> Dune? I mean, to be fair, people watching I, Dune on their telephones, though. Like, I mean, I didn't watch it on my telephone. <laughs> I, I did watch it on a good sized screen at, at my girlfriend's. I, I did not. I I don't know why it was just something about like oh uh, I'll just watch and then midway through I'm like why didn't I right go <laughs> it. But other things like West Side right. Story, I saw on the big screen. Spider Man, saw on the big screen. Like I'll, I'll, I'll put aside movies that I'm like this. I want to see on the big screen. Right. I mean, I think that uh, you want to hear. Yeah, I was really happy to see like West Side Story on the big screen, and you know, I just <laughs> four minutes into do five. I'll give it five. Mm-hmm. And while I was at my house, I was like. How lazy am I? I could literally... <laughs> I mean, there is a movie theater down the street for me. Mm-hmm. It's right there. I don't... It's not going to, like, like dip into my night too hard. Mm-hmm. You know? But still, I was like, eh, I'll just watch it here. And then I, I like... Don't... I was so... I was like, I can't experience this. Why am I doing it I like this? I also want to say that I was in the middle of rehearsals for a show or something. And so my time was a little more limited. And Dune was like... With previews would be almost right. 30 hours. So I think that it was more out of just the convenience of being able to watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, but, HBO but... Max are... I love them, but they're also bastards. Because I don't, like, I'm not prepared. And they're like, guess what I'm just going to give you right now? And I'm like, I didn't even know this was going to happen. Sure. It was like, uh, you know, being seduced. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's like, I'll give you another movie that you would have had to pay for. I do do have one question about last year's Oscars. Yes. If you wanted to move over. What what did you think about their choice to uh, wait on Best Actor at the very end? After they did Best Picture, how 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 did you react when that happened? <laughs> I was like, I don't. I was not happy that they did that, and um, I think it was a very bad look. Um, and I, he was asleep. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is my problem. You can't. Oh, he was asleep because he's an elderly man. He's like 82 or 83 years old. He was on the other side of the country. And he's it, like, it was... I'm going to bed. And yeah. he's sure fucking Anthony Hopkins. Sure. And he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. But it was such a... Like you could just see mm-hmm. them like, well, this is unexpected that the person... Whoops. We miscalculated um, this one. See, for me, like I have my... my, my uh, a uh, couple friends that I always try to watch the Oscars with. And right. so when that happened and then they, when they said best picture and they started doing that thing, we kind of went, wait, what did we, we like try to like pause <laughs> it to make sure like, wait, did the TV skip? What? And so by the time they announced Nomadland, we were still trying to like, it, it lessened the impact of best picture right. because we were confused 
Yes. And so... Everyone was confused. So I think it wasn't... Yeah, doing that. But I also thought that... I mean, it's not unheard of. Back in the early days before it was the, the, the Oscars were televised. Right. They very commonly did the, all the acting awards at the end. That, that's, that, that's like from the 30s, 40s, they, they, they did that. Right. Um, so that's not unheard of. What, bothers, what bothered me about that is that they put such a preference on that best actor was going to be at the end because of Chad Bozeman. Right. And... And in hindsight, I thought if they wanted to swap it around a little bit, at least do Best Actress and Actor after Best Picture. To put so much emphasis on Best Actor as though that is the big, the best Yes, the because thing, they thought they that, had it. That, yeah. Uh, that. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. <laughs> they, I understand there's the, the lawyers and the accountants that have the, the locked boxes with all of the results. Well, there needs to be a blood oath, a contract, something <laughs> that somebody will get sued horribly for between mm-hmm. the director and them when they're like really setting this up. Yeah. It's like, we need to know for fucking sure. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't pull this off, this is all anyone is going to be talking right. about. This needs to be Chadwick Boseman. This is our Chadwick Boseman reel. It's five to seven minutes long people are gonna love it we're gonna end the show with it it's gonna be very positive and look at look at how progressive we are now and none of that happened because an old white man who it was a completely different time zone Mm -hmm. was asleep his name's sir anthony hopkins he was not even there to grab the award and i bet if he was he would have been like this feels very embarrassing because I know what y'all were doing. And the fact that Joaquin Phoenix isn't exactly <laughs> Mr. Personality no. to close out the show. Oh my God. He was so like, yep. Like, <laughs> it, it was so awkward. And uh, yeah, there was so much of a, like a, a, a fizzle of like, what? Just of energy. Well, yeah. I'm like, you cannot end it on the dude who doesn't want to be a celebrity. Like, you yeah. you have to end it on a McConaughey. Mm-hmm. You gotta... Bring... bring uh, no, nobody really wants too much McConaughey, but just end it on it. Bring Regina back out just to... to yes. Saying something. Well, she was lovely. She brought, like grandness and elegance and old school and all of that. I thought mm-hmm. she came in really right. strong and I felt very confident. Um, and they did what they could do. I don't know what people were expecting. Yeah. And that's why um, when people are so critical <laughs> of it, I just, I, I mean, it's such a cliche now, but just to say a uh, asterisk, asterisk year, uh, right. because COVID, I mean, they, they, they did what they could. I mean, and e- even like the the poor attempts uh, attempts to 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 liven up the proceedings later in the show when it was, well, Lil Ray doing that music contest oh. with uh, Glenn Close. What was the name of that? Oh my god! It was so. It it was it was at a point in the show when I didn't want to be waking up. <laughs> I'm just ready for it to keep moving. Something like that should be more. Was midway. she doing the butt? Was that yeah? Yeah, was, had, I believe that. Just out of that. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening moment. Yeah. Completely non-rehearsed Glenn Close doing yeah, the butt to- moment. Totally unrehearsed. That was <laughs> not, didn't see, yeah. 
All right. Well, listen, we are going to take a quick break. And when we are back, we are talking best actor. I don't want to keep you from the bar um, uh, much longer. I know I'm supposed to talk about acting and find some clever thread connecting these performances, but their beauty and brilliance surely lies in the fact that there isn't one. And I'm sorry that all these men can't win. Okay, we're back. And uh, let's just get to it. Lead actor for this year, 94th Annual Academy Awards. Let's just go down the list. We have uh, Javier Bardem. What movie is Javier Bardem? Oh, it's uh, Being Being the the Ricardos. Ricardos. Let's put a pin in that one. Got a Benedict Cumberbatch. Am I saying that correctly? I've heard it different ways. Cumberbatch. In the most masculine thing I've ever seen him do. Mm. Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield. um, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith. King Richard. And Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. So... What were your thoughts? This is an interesting group. But... I think my biggest surprise on all of this list is Andrew Garfield. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean... My surprise was uh, Javier Bardem myself. Because mm-hmm. you're like, how? Did you see the performance of... Yes, I, yeah. I've, I think I've he was good. I thought he was good, but too. But a best actor good? That's why... Are you referring to... Being sorry, the... Being the Ricardos? Yes. With, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, but Being the Ricardos was a movie that I felt like everything on paper... Sounded like I was going to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But then watching it, I, I, f- I found myself just kind of bored. Like, I was enjoying bits and pieces, but by, by the end, I just found myself a little uh, underwhelmed. But I did think Javier Bardem was very charming. I enjoyed watching him. Um, I mean, when yeah. is he not here? The thing is what? this. <laughs> when is he not charming? If he's playing <laughs> a seemingly good man, he is always charming. Mm-hmm. Even when he's a bad man, he is charming. Mm-hmm. He is charming. Um, and he's great. And he is great as Ricky, but I didn't even feel like that movie was a... I felt like that was... I hate to say this, Mr. Sorkin. <laughs> but it felt like a costlier Ryan Murphy joint mm-hmm. with Nicole freaking Kidman and Javier Bardem. Like, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how we got them... And we got a bigger budget, but we really don't know what we're doing with this. Yeah, I think Aaron Sorkin is more successful as a writer than a director. All of his directing efforts, I feel like there was Molly's Game and then The Trial of the Chicago Set. I felt that they were, they just felt very overproduced and overdirected. And yes. while there were all the elements that you usually find in Sorkin's writing, him being the director too, I think is making it, there's something about it that's less interesting. Like I'd rather have a separate director come in to direct his writing. And, and so I think that was my issue with being the Ricardos. I do want to rewatch it though. I feel like everything, most of all these nominations, I, 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 there's only been a couple that I've watched more than once. Um, And that, and now that the nominations came out, I kind of like, all right, these are the couple that I want to rewatch. And that is one of them. Yeah. I'm, my pro- I, I don't even know what it is about it exactly that I feel like I'm not 
It's about actors. In it's, a it's, movie it's, experience. It's it doesn't like, feel... Yeah. There's, there's something about the Being the Ricardos movie that feels incomplete. Mm-hmm. And I don't... It's It definitely starts off as one thing that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to see about about this whole situation. And then it, like, diverts into something else. And it is a compelling part of the history that... About Lucy that people did not know. They did not know that she had anything to do with a yeah, communist I'm, scare. Yeah, Most That's why it excited me when I saw exactly. the premise. Of I mean, it. it's, and it's, it's, it's fascinating. The structure of it taking place throughout the yeah. week. So I thought, like, oh, as an actor, I would be interested in the way they're adapted to working yeah. on the script and finding ways to make it funnier. And so all of that felt like, oh, this will be fun to watch. And then not knowing much about the backstory of how they met or anything or how she got the show. Yeah, all that was like on paper. I'm like, yeah, give it to me. But then I, I, I yeah, it just it, it felt very lukewarm to me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I, I thought Nicole Kidman was great. I think she can mm-hmm. play any a, anything. I I don't mm-hmm. understand. Like people were just eating their words after because they the I mean the haterade that happened when it was announced that Nicole Kidman was oh, playing. Okay playing um, Lucille Ball. And I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, first off, it's acting. Um, uh, Lucille Ball was tall. She wasn't as tall as Nicole Kidman, but compared to Desi, she towered over him. Sound familiar? Like, this is kind of an exaggerated, more languid Lucy, but it's like Nicole Kidman. It's like, you're mm-hmm. not just getting anyone, for God's sake, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I... I'm all, my only thing is they could just award this to Javier Bardem because, you know, the Academy Awards loves when there's movies about movies. They really love anything. Well, they love people uh, uh, playing real people. Yeah. That, that, that is, <laughs> they like that them is a people. huge thing you always, I mean, just look, I mean, in the leading playing categories, I mean, we'll get through them, but, you know, like... In being the Ricardos, Tick Tick Boom, King Richard, um, Isa Tammy Faye, Spencer, all real people. Right. It's, it's a very common thing. It's it's almost a way of the Academy wanting to honor the person they're playing mm-hmm. maybe more than the performance itself. That's a good that's that's a good theory. Like if it's someone they like in real life, I mean love Ricky Ricardo. Here's a way to to honor him. (laughs) Because we didn't Uh, give him his goddamn flowers when he was here. (laughs) Bastards. I mean. Um, But why is Andrew Garfield your surprise? Well, I didn't, I didn't expect that movie. That was one thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that. I read somewhere that they were doing Tick, Tick, Boom, and I was like, ugh. Oh, do you not like the show? No, I, I liked the show. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of them turning it into a movie was like but why and it, it i was i had negative feelings at first and i think a lot of musical like because i i was aware of it as well yeah. i mean of of the i saw it when kane park did it yeah however many years ago and um so and i kind of first heard about it not that oh they're doing a movie of tick tick boom and lin-manuel is directing it i heard lin-manuel has announced his next project He's going to do Tick, Tick, Boom. So right. when I heard it in that order, I kind of, I was excited about it. Right. Not knowing yeah. anything else about it. And I, 
so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that didn't surprise me at all that he got the nomination. Also, since with like I think the Globe and the SAG nominations, he. Just, no, I yeah, I think it just. And something else with Andrew Garfield is that what the Academy likes to do is that when somebody has been in a lot of well-regarded movies in one year, right? They want to honor them for that because he's had he he did I had eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, play, he, he look had, he um, looks like a convincing young Jim Baker. So, terrifying. Yeah, that and this. <laughs> And then, uh, spoiler alert for Spider-Man, that, um, <laughs> but it's been out for a few months. Like, yeah, I don't yet, feel, don't feel bad. If you haven't seen it yet, then you shouldn't mind a potential spoiler. No, exactly. Um, so the, that, the fact that that is happening in one year, they like to be able to honor that. It's hap- it, there's, there, I can give examples in the past, but I won't, I don't need to now. Yeah, and they want, it's, they want the mm-hmm. song in. They want the guy who's doing the musical too, and younger audience to watch the Oscars to see if he wins. Um, I mean, I love Andrew Garfield, and this will clean off Hacksaw Ridge for me from a years <laughs> ago. We all remember that. Remember just a few years ago when like Andrew Garfield was like buddying up with his director Mel Gibson I for mean, Hacksaw Ridge it and won two Oscars, <laughs> and it did. And I was like, oh, Gibson's back, just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He I'm like, for, he just made it. Like, he just made it. He was for a hot minute. Yeah. Like, at a point where it's like, he was like pre-cancel culture. So, like, Gibson mm-hmm. was like, I have about 20 chances. And he was <laughs> at like 19 or 18. And then he just went and disappeared for a little bit. And then mm-hmm. he just started cropping back up. And everyone was, just nobody was talking about it. It was like, I guess all that horrible <laughs> shit is is done mm-hmm. um and we're not supposed to talk about it anymore i mean there's nothing like giving a straight <laughs> white man another chance in hollywood exactly i'm like he sounds like a fucking but, nightmare but like it was very weird when it was like and i get it like andrew garfield's the lead in that mel gibson's the director mm-hmm. andrew garfield did seemingly lovely lovely english man mm-hmm. you know what are you gonna do is. not yeah i mean mm-hmm. and i'm sure mel has his wonderful moments as well <laughs> but it was it was alarming to me yeah like i'm like there are people who probably haven't seen him in a while mm-hmm. that are like we know all that horrible shit that you said yeah. like you we know what this is all about. I mean, it's just really, I don't know. It's insane, but who knows? Who knows? I might be too judgmental. I mean, maybe Mel's great. He did that movie with, <laughs> that was the poster I was shocked about. Well, it was. Now he's gone on to when he's acted in something, he's doing more like a, like his grindhouse phase. He did a movie yes. called Get the Gringo. Which is, I think, I, I didn't see it. I think it's just like kind of a basic revenge movie. He's trying yes. to save his daughter. And then the one he just, he did with uh, uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, that sounds Vince very, Vaughn, yes. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I kind of think that maybe Vince Vaughn helped him get that gig because of Hacksaw Ridge. If Vince Vaughn oh, that's that true. Too, Hacksaw but, but that's me. I don't know. That's this is how we get, this is how we go down a little, little hole. Mm-hmm. A Vince Vaughn slash Mel Gibson <laughs> hall. <laughs> All connected to Hacksaw Ridge. Sure. Um, Will Smith, I mean, did you see King Richard? I did. It was on HBO Max. Yeah. Was... This, 
nomination does not surprise me at all. Yeah, it did. Um, uh, I think the movie is very enjoyable. It's, it was very. It, it was. It was the kind of movie that it was really easy. I I, I don't mean this as a criticism. <laughs> it was very easy for me to half pay attention to. Yes. And still, my get favorite everything. type. Sometimes I did think it was a little long. It, <laughs> yes. it felt like it was pushing two and a half hours. Some of the tennis scenes felt like a little excessive. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, your, your 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 dog's getting a little. Okay, I'm sorry. I take that. I take that back, Dexter. No, it was just long enough. Um, and I I mean I mean not to get too picky, but I think some of the depictions of his character were like. Why is he being portrayed as such a saint when he's being kind of a dick to all right. people? They yeah. even named the movie King Richard. Like <laughs> it's like some of the some of the, the the ways he was treating some of the people in the movie were kind of like, dude, you, all you had to do is take five seconds and make a phone call. But right. instead, you're like hiding information and acting like I'm allowed to do whatever I want. When... Yeah, in the music, yeah, like he'd do something, but the. The score behind him was so like, this person's right. Exactly. And, it, and it's like, That's no, the, he's not. That they're over Satan. What's the word? Saint. Over. Saint, saint. Over. Make them like a saint. Anyway, I. Yeah. Sanctifying? Sure. <laughs> canonizing. Um, canonizing. They're canonizing um, King Richard. Um, and even in like the ending, the, the the credit, the before the credits, it says, "And they became celebrities <laughs> just as he predicted." Like, <laughs> whoa! Like, yeah, it <laughs> almost has a. Um, and again, it is a super feel good movie. Yeah, it's a absolutely. super like also feel good like sports movie. Mm-hmm. So if you ever seen anything like The Rookie, which is one of the best sports movies ever, and it's based on a true story, even if you're not a baseball fan, it's it's heartwarming but it's like there's real things in there mm-hmm. and like even like brian's song from the 70s mm-hmm. with like mm-hmm. my favorite and oj simpson yes oj simpson and it was billy d williams oh it's billy d and <laughs> even worse and, and, uh, James, <laughs> and uh, james Khan. why this whole time have i thought it was oj simpson oj simpson did star in something that I thought he was like also a football player or dying, one of the two, around that time period. This was when OJ started acting. I mean that. I mean he had a. Sm- this is random, but he had a very small role in the Towering Inferno. Yes, he yes. from nineteen seventy four. Other than that, I don't. I mean, if you want me to look it up, I can. I mean, it, the computer's right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is important stuff. I apologize, Billy D. Williams. I am. If you're listening to this, I, I never meant to insult you in that manner and confuse you with O.J. Simpson. It's embarrassing. I love you, Billy D. Williams. Lady Sings the Blues, yes. Lando Calrissian, yes. I'm not, like, talking about O.J. Simpson and accomplishments like The Naked Gun. Although I love those yeah. movies growing up. But this is not an, this is not an O.J. Simpson podcast, so we're not going <laughs> to go down that road. But um, I liked it. I don't, I don't, again, like Will Smith to me is like Tom Cruise. Like they're superstars. They're movie mm-hmm. stars. They're like charisma's just like, you know, dripping off of mm-hmm. them. But to like, I want to see Will Smith in 
and things that, like, I want him to want more sometimes. Like, I feel mm. like this was a kind of a walk in the park for him. Oh, okay. To be this guy. I do. No, and I, and I see that, especially with the way he is portrayed. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I found him to be the strongest element to the movie. Yes. Um, and also the last time he was nominated, he was also like the overprotective father with a pursuit of happiness. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's getting <laughs> him the attention. And what's funny, because like back in, uh, I think, 01... Or two, him and Denzel were up against each other. Uh, yes. Uh, another time, him for Ali and Denzel for uh, uh, Training Day, where where uh, Denzel uh, received the Oscar. Yes. But, yeah. No. I. I. I mean, wait. Are we doing predictions now, or are we saving that at the end? How we, we can do whatever. Do you can say them whenever you want to. Okay. I mean, right now, my gut is is that Will Smith is going to get it this year. Really, I, I'm just like looking at the, just looking at, at at all of them. I mean, it's between him or Andrew Garfield, in my opinion, and I think that not Benedict Cumberbatch. No, I don't. I I, I don't think so. I think he gives uh, Benedict got, get, gives a, a good performance, um, but I think Will Smith. Th- they like to honor people who they've wanted to honor for a while. You're right. I mean, and Denzel, obviously, he's, this is his 10th nomination, his ninth time as an actor, and he's already has two Oscars. Also, it, 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 I don't think that Macbeth has the kind of weight that... I was a little underwhelmed with him in that in that movie. Did you make it to uh, I Catch did. Okay. I did. Um, and... I think it was visually stunning. Uh, yeah, but the I, more I, I think about it, the more and I was excited for it. So was I. I thought it was I, beautiful. He has to a watch. history of yeah. doing Shakespeare on stage, and so I was like, "Oh, great!" And uh, I yeah. think it's a different feeling, though. So Denzel um, Washington plays um, Macbeth in the tragedy of Macbeth, and it was on Apple TV. So we're st- we start seeing this year. Um, and I don't even know if it's happened last year. I think this is the first year we're starting to see things like movies made for made under the Netflix um, mm-hmm. banner. These are movies made under the Apple banner and streamed directly to Apple TV. So we have Coda um, and we also have like Tragedy of Macbeth. And when it's on Apple, except for something like Ted Lasso that really, as a series, it really just galvanized people to, like, get Apple TV, mm-hmm. which they had been trying to figure out what the hell that was. These movies do not get a lot of promotion. Like, hardly anybody has seen or knows even where to go. Where the hell do I go see Coda? They're like, wait, can I see it on Prime or Netflix? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you have to have... And Apple Plus is one of the few streaming services that I, I don't have. Right. Where it's like, you know, I have Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Criterion, uh, 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 Disney, um, I, I, I'm blanking on one, uh, Amazon Prime. Right. And so I have all these. And then when I'm like, oh, where can I watch that? Oh, the one thing I don't have, I, I don't want to pay to, okay, I can do like the one month for free <laughs> right. or something. But I'm like, Consume ah, as much as possible. Like, first world problems. Oh, no. <laughs> Like. <laughs> it's also like we have there's so many streaming servers like there's yeah. so many that I have I also 
I have to do other things during my day. Well, <laughs> that of is course, yes. that is a problem. And literally when I've had to turn down plans this last year, which has happened because I was like, I am literally doing research. They're like, you're watching YouTube videos <laughs> and you're reading on the computer. I go, yes. I go, because I'm doing like That's this. work. I go, this for, is for, work. For people like you. And <laughs> I go, I, I need to look up this entire case or something like that. But it is just that. It just works. So you think about all of these streaming services. And now you have streaming services that are competing with movie studios. So this dynamic mm-hmm. is completely different. Absolutely. Um, but I did think, I thought visually, um, I mean, the the witches. Right. When, um, I mean, when that, we get to potential snubs or something, I, I really would have loved to see her. Oh, my uh, God. A surprise nomination for to play, playing those witches. That was, that was pretty cool. Beautiful. But, yeah, I felt, I felt underwhelmed a little mm-hmm. bit, too. And I felt bad, like, saying it. Um move a little bit into my god my eyes are so bad want to be best actress or um moving into yeah best actress okay so (laughs) i have so many feelings about this movie and whenever i say them to anyone they get like angry at me and i am not a um I am not a royalist, okay? But the first person on our category here, the first nominee is Kristen Stewart for Spencer. And I have been following, I mean, I I was woken up very early in the morning to watch Princess Diana get married. I was six or seven. It was too early, but my mother really elevated the importance of this. And explained to a seven-year-old what the hell was going on. (laughs) And like, and also did, I'm like, did some early female damage of like, like literally like a romantic comedy. Mm. I'm like, this is what love is. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's a carriage. There's a this. You marry a a prince. You you marry that guy. (laughs) Even then I knew, no. (laughs) Come on, look at you. Um, So I have been following... And I've read everything on Diana. I remember when she died, you know. There's a zillion things that can be said about her. But I... I will say that I think Emma Corrin on... Who plays young Diana on The Crown is... Flawless, almost, in that portrayal. Because the exasperated breathiness is not there where I see that portrayal with every single other actress who's ever and drag queens everyone they do the (laughs) and i enjoy kristen stewart but this breathiness was a lot for me um and i like pablo lorraine you know you feel like you're in a Philip Glass hellscape the entire time. <laughs> like, the tension's like... I mean, I thought I felt tense when I saw Jackie. And I'm like... I was going like, to ask if you, if you saw that. I did. the same director. Yeah. I did, and I have mixed feelings about Jackie. Um, but it's that... That, again, that Philip Glass 
cage and like everything's tense and awful and I'm like I need a break but I don't know I, I don't know when the you know people playing other people I felt like it was like so many it was like princess die to the fourth power but I don't know if I'm being horribly critical I know she bears a actual physical resemblance to her but it was like the very tilted neck. Like everything felt like, um, I don't know, like pieces of Diana. Like you had, you're like, I've seen Diana do this in a magazine and I'm going to do it and exaggerate it. So nothing really feels real. I don't know. I had a lot of feelings. Did you I, have feelings? I just watched it yesterday because um, it's, it's on Hulu for those interested. It's on Hulu. <laughs> it is on Hulu. Um, my first, my, I just remember my thoughts initially were, do we really need another representation <laughs> no. of Princess Die so soon after the crown season? No, and the answer is that, no. It's like that the crown just did that. Now, I don't know how things overlapped, if it was already in the works, but the crown has been around for the past like five, six years. So, and ironically, yeah. And then there's that I did not watch it. I'm guessing you did. The uh, the Diana musical that was on. I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) I will not. I saw them sing one song at one time. A couple years ago on the Sad Tonys, oh. it was the it was the Astrid Tonys. They did that. The tone it wasn't nominated for something. No, because this was like this is about to come out, oh, okay. Okay. and then COVID happened. Yeah, and it, there was a woman playing Die singing so, something about perfume, and I, I was like, I'm done. That. I'm I done. Just, it's so like yeah, I think I just saw whatever they show as the equivalent of a trailer when you just have it <laughs> on your. Like when you're scrolling and I'm like that. So I'm like, I, I, maybe I'll hate watch this. I don't like. <laughs> it looks so bad. Um, but so my, my first thought was that Princess dies being too, too oversaturated where people yes. aren't interested. <laughs> um, but then, I, I, but I'll be completely uh, honest, knowing that it was the same director as Jackie. Yeah. And then my experience watching Jackie was, which was not any sort of biography. I, I and I wish I knew that going into it. Oh, I think it's so, I think it's so much better being the opposite of that. Like because you, you could see what, what you I'm can in the understand. For. Like if you could be like, what is happening in this? Yeah. Well, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Like I don't know with with, with Jackie, I walked away going like I really wish I knew more about Jackie going into it because there were yeah. things that I had no idea what was going on. And so with, with Princess Di, I feel like, all right, I'm not an expert, but I've watched The Crown for whatever you want to say. I've, I've watched uh, The Queen, the, the Hell yes, movie Hell from 06, um, which, which dealt with the death directly. Didn't have Di only as archive footage. Right. Um, but like... Which Dame Helen Mirren was nominated she, and, she was, and she was. She received, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was the same writer, uh, Peter Morgan, who then created The Crown. Yep. So he just has his whole career on writing fictionalized versions of royalty. Um, but I gotta tell you, I watched it. I'm I'm someone, I love horror movies. Yeah. I, I'm wearing a Friday the 13th shirt here. Awesome. So I sat down and watched Spencer 
And I felt like I was watching yeah. this creepy atmospheric ghost story uh-huh. where this woman is being haunted. But and that's it felt like that's how it was done. So I now her performance, I feel like I I loved the atmosphericness. I, I loved the movie. I, I thought it was brilliant. Right. I loved it. I loved it. But I also didn't exactly walk away going, and she was so good. Yeah. It, 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 it did and it's feel... not her fault. That's yeah, the thing. No, it's I don't like blame, it's I'm not like blaming. It's yeah. like it's a it's it's a it's a celebrity. It's a personality mm-hmm. that I would not want to. I don't think any actor would really want to touch. Mm-hmm. Just not was, because of this mm-hmm. sainthood, but there is subtle, like anachronistic, the anachronistic, the anachronistic, anachronistic. Oh my God! Things that Diana would do. That when somebody is trying to interpret those when they're, you know, acting, it comes off as kind of, you know, silly. It it, it just comes off as over-exaggerated, I guess. I don't know. It's a struggle when you're playing a real person who is known for doing certain things physically to do it where it doesn't just look like you're imitating them. Right. It's, it's That's always going to be the struggle, and it's always going to be like, you know, I mean, we keep, you know, mentioning Emma... Uh, Emma Corrin, Emma Corrin, yes. Where she was basically an unknown. So when she first appeared on that show, you're kind of just there's Princess Die. Yeah, that helps. (laughs) And then when it's Kristen Stewart, you you can't help but just be watching, going, "It's Kristen Stewart being Princess Die." I mean, I I I feel like an asshole when saying things like that. Yeah. But it's it's something that happens when it's such a well known celebrity entity as princess die yeah and you can't get uh the i mean and again we are not sitting here we are not sitting here today to compare Kristen stewart and emma corin both great performances <laughs> but um because as you said you know emma corin who's really young she's quite young mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and like relatively you know unknown probably had done a lot of stage i think had done some stage she did stuff. some bbc she did a. Um, because I'm a Batman fan, there was a, a I think it was BBC. I'm blanking a, a show about the a fictionalized version of the early days of um, Alfred Pennyworth. Oh yeah, Pennyworth. Pennyworth. Yeah, she, yeah, she played. She she was. I, I only watched the first season, but I do believe both seasons are streaming somewhere right now. But she HBO Max. She oh great cool um she uh but she was i think if not the lead she was a she's a significant role in season one yeah i and again she's when you see her not in the it's the damn hair the dye Mm -hmm. hair Mm -hmm. you know you don't really recognize it but she becomes her she's just her because you don't know who this (laughs) you've never been able to identify this person with any other role Mm -hmm. like you know I will not say Bella Swan, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't see Bella Swan anymore when I see Kristen Stewart, oh, though. If, so. if Robert Patterson is allowed to do yes. all these edgy adult roles, <laughs> then Kristen Stewart's allowed to do She's it, She's allowed to as well. Hey, listen, she was in one of my favorite movies ever, Personal Shopper. Have you ever seen that movie? came out a couple years ago. All right. I just saw this movie, and I am a huge fan Um the next nominee is Miss Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers or 
Paralleles Modric, uh, Pedro Maldivar's uh, latest movie. Um, I am a huge fan of this movie and her performance. This is one of my favorite movies she was ever in. I love Pedro Maldivar, but um, was Volver. And I was like, I'm not going to like anything as much as I liked her in Volver. And I saw this, and it is... It's so layered. It's such a beautiful movie. She's amazing. I don't know. I feel very strongly about her and I could be I could be crazy. I, I'm not sure. She has won. Mm-hmm. She won for uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I did love that movie. God damn you, Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. God damn you, Woody Allen. Um, yeah, this is one that I have not had a chance to see yet, so I, I can't uh, can't give much mm-hmm. comment on it other than you know Penelope Cruz has is has been recognized before in nominations yeah. and 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 receiving one. It's the, but it's been a while. Where did you see it? Was it? On I, the- I I saw it at the Capitol Theater um, over on Sixty Fifth in oh, Cleveland, okay. but it's gone now. So of course it is. But I think yeah. it's. But I do think it's at Cedar Lee. Okay. Yeah. At least now the nominations are out. The Cle- yes. thank- Cleveland Cinemas has not given me any money to endorse them, <laughs> but I love Cleveland Cinemas. They're the ones that you know will will be showing these these foreign films, the art house ones that you might not see otherwise uh, 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 other places. But Cleveland Cinemas, uh, we would love you to come <laughs> and be advertisers on <laughs> Pop Culture for Stephanie. We are huge supporters of you. Thank you, Cleveland Cinemas. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, it's, it, it is one of, it's such a different performance from Vicky Cristina Barcelona, you know, the mm-hmm. temperamental, sexy artist. Um, this is really about, I mean, she has done a lot of movies associated with motherhood. And um, this is like motherhood, hereditary, um, mm-hmm. lineages. And that's really a lot of ours, like specialty. Um, especially with roles that she's been in, but this is about just heartbreaking decisions you have to make as a mother and still mm-hmm. trying to be, it's very different from that role. And mm-hmm. I could see them wanting to award that. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't been awarded yet anything for an amount of our movie. I don't think. Not um, for, no, she was nominated for the bear. And but, he's, yeah. I mean, she's his muse. So that would be a moment. That would be mm-hmm. a moment of excitement, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I could be all wet. Um, <laughs> but um, the now the next one is a... I think she's going to get it. <laughs> Are you talking about Olivia? The, the new Meryl Streep, Olivia <laughs> Coleman, yeah. um, for um, The Lost Daughter. <sighs> She's great. That's the thing. I, she's what is she not good in? I really she's like, amazing in everything. I really like the lost daughter. Like the, the oh. any issues that I had with the movie, I feel are a little nitpicky that there's no need to get into. Right. But her performance is just so natural. Yeah. And engaging. Heartbreaking. And, oh. and like even like just just sequences that you don't even realize how good you have to be to play it off like the scene when she's at the beach where she has to play that she is so 
annoyed at these people for ruining her vacation without saying a word. Yeah. But then when they come to ask her to move and you can see her like cringe, but then be stubborn and not want to move. Uh-huh. Like all of it is so, I, I just love watching things like that. Um, and she, yeah. yeah, she's amazing. To, she's just amazing to watch and to watch her choices and everything. I mean, it, it's so funny when I think about it because I was introduced to Olivia Col- Coleman because mm-hmm. my hello Luke, hello Luke Powell, my old mm-hmm. uh, roommate Luke Powell, who is a Brit from London, mm. when he lived with me for a couple of years, um, when he lived in Cleveland before he got married to Jenny Najat, they both live in the San Francisco area. Um, we lived together, and he gave me like. Not, it wasn't an introduction because I had always loved like British comedy, but like he, he like introduced me to shows that I had never heard of before, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like this, like in every single one of them was brilliant. One of them was Peep Show, okay, and she was in that, mm-hmm. and it was like a comedy, and she mm-hmm. was in a lot of like I was just always just blown away. Like this person was in like these two silly comedies on the BBC and. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing Shakespeare over here and yeah, just wearing a blockbuster. I mean, it's... She was one of those actors that, I forget what movie it was, that I'm like, oh, look at her. Do I know her from something? And I go on IMDb and I'm like, wait, I've seen her. In all in of like these things. these small roles, yeah. like, throughout for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it's just, you don't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wasn't, like, I don't know, I was... <laughs> if I was one of these actresses, I'd be like, am I showing up? Because, mm. um... Well, with what you said about Penelope Cruz... I know. I mean, that could be a, a, a surprise. This is the one, though, I think. And you may disagree. This mm-hmm. could be the upset would be Jessica Chastain. For the eyes of Tammy Faye. Because, again, this is another... I'm, you know, depicting... A pretty bigger than a definitely bigger than life character, mm-hmm. um, and I was, I, I was amazed. <laughs> I I, I went into that that movie with kind of met expectations. Yeah. I, I I don't I didn't know I don't know I grew up Jewish I didn't know right. other other than Pat Robertson I knew nothing about the I mean th- that just about the same sort of, just, that's all you need to um, know <laughs> yeah so I knew nothing about these people these the, crazy evangelists yeah and so I. I just thought the movie was fun, even though it like got kind of dark. But I just really enjoyed. Like she was so much fun. She was yeah. just enjoyable. She was, she was. Um, um, I don't want to say cliche, but she was like. But I bought it, you know. She was yeah. playing these tropes that could have easily fallen into one-dimensional cliche, but you could tell that. She was doing it with like a heart of gold that felt genuine. Yeah, I I, I bought it, um, and I just I, I, I really enjoyed it. I I'm, I'm glad that she's on here. I think this is tough to. Sorry, you had more to say about. No, I just think that you know that's the big hat trick for that role because mm-hmm. everybody knows. I mean, essentially, it's like gay gay icon Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. Reality TV star Tammy Faye, married to Jim Baker, Tammy Faye, huge scandal. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you have to encompass all of that and then also be such a loving and genuine mm-hmm. person 
that your face is covered in makeup like a literal clown. Mm-hmm. And you can appeal to just about anyone in the demographic, just across demographics. Mm-hmm. People just are drawn to you. And I think that she was a genuine, genuinely a good-hearted, loving person. I mean... And her openness towards a lap of... Uh, the LGBTQ. Being, yeah. uh, so beyond <laughs> Dexter... <laughs> The dog is currently just sitting on Stewart's lap. It's just sitting, it's standing. It's a lot. I have, I have have like bony legs, so maybe can't find a comfy place to actually. I mean, the like the boldness is what is amazing to me. Just you have the entire house, dude. (laughs) Oh, the jealousy! But yeah, I um, and I was glad to see. I was glad to see Jessica Chastain, like, take on something like this. Because mm-hmm. I've enjoyed her in just about everything I've seen. But mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where it's like, you're going to have to do something very... You're going to have to take a sharp turn really quick. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be stuck in doing these kind of same type of movies. And then you're going to be doing, like, the second... Like, she already did, like... A like to me a second tier female action movie with the with a huge all star cast like Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz and the three three five. Is that oh okay yeah 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 not good, ungood. <laughs> well, that might have been a one for you, <laughs> and then this was the one for me. Yes, yeah, sort of definitely like three picture deal situation, and mm-hmm. it has this amazing cast. But I'm like, I don't care what's going on <laughs> anymore, guys. You have mm-hmm. lost my interest. Mm-hmm. So I was. I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, she also did that Seeds from a Marriage on HBO Max, which is a laugh right. riot. It, did not. it is so much fun. It's not fun, guys. Mm-hmm. It's But based on a play, I mean, the acting's amazing. Um, it's based on an Igmar Bergman, uh, I don't know if it's a... It's not a play, it's in a movie? It, it was, yeah, it's 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 a, a remake of an Igmar Bergman, uh, either movie slash... One of those movies that he made that was so, so long that they considered it like a miniseries <laughs> when they tried to do it right. on TV, but he always intended it to be just a very long movie. You never um, leave these seats for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half talking out of my ass, but some of that is true. Uh, yeah, I mean... Google it to be sure, but... <laughs> it is... It's so good um, at making you really happy that you're not in a relationship. I will say that. Well, that's what trash TV is for. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is... I don't seem that bad now. (laughs) I go, I go, if anybody is married, do not watch this movie. (laughs) Do not watch this four-part movie, which is during a pandemic where you can't get away from this person. Mm -hmm. This is is a bad, bad idea, but... um, You know, the more that I look at the Best Actress nominations, the harder it is for me to pick because, like, after I saw Olivia Colman, Best Daughter, I'm like, well, she's getting number two. But then Jessica Chastain is really good, too. You say Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Um, And and then Christian Stewart, after, after, again, recency bias. Like, that could be... That could be a surprise as well. It's not unheard of to have, like, the one acting nominee for a movie to still win, even though it's the only nomination for the movie. Right. Um, and if you look at, like, people's past history, Olivia Colman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman have all won in the past. Jessica Chastain, not, but this is her third nomination. Then Kristen Stewart, this is her 
first nomination. And remember, people voting for these people are all a bunch of people in the community. Right. Uh, in the Hollywood exactly. community. So they could easily go, well, she already has an Oscar. I'll vote for them instead. Because that's how people think, unfortunately. It's not, it's, 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 you know, it's rarely about that. Best is right. subjective anyway. So. Oh, and as he mentioned, we had mentioned her before, but Nicole Kidman is also up as, oh, right. Sorry. as no, but we had mentioned before yes. as Lucy Ricardo and, um, I mean, I enjoyed her performance because it showed, frankly, and I think this is why people, it's one of those things where they don't want to discern between Lucy on TV and Lucy in real life. And Lucy in real life was not funny and she was droll. And she was pretty matter of fact, and she could be rude, but it was not the person you saw on TV. And the majority of the movie is Lucy Ricardo mm-hmm. in real life. So I think some of the criticism for it also comes from that. I think people were real jazzed to think they were going to go and see like recreations of multiple scenes. I mean, well, and that was there was plenty, but there of that. were plenty. So, yeah, I mean, I, they did the two of the most famous ones. They had the chocolate one. They did yeah, the wine, the one. wine one, the the bread one. I mean, mm. they did a lot of them. I was like, we're getting our money's worth, people. Yeah, it's tough, like, because when you mentioned Christian Stewart, if they try too hard to just imitate the known celebrity, they get criticized for that. But right. then with something like being the Ricardos, if she's not enough exactly like we're used to seeing Lucy Ball. Right. They're criticized for that. It's like... But like what, <laughs> that, the funny thing about that is, especially then, we're talking the 50s and 60s, especially 60s with Lucy, nobody knew who the hell any of these celebrities were. <laughs> now, they still there were still tabloids and things like that. Sure. <clears throat> but it wasn't like today in which... You know, Nicole Kidman, no matter what, for the rest of her life, she's an amazing actress, but no matter what, there's going to be areas where it's going to be like, you know, this is the period of time where I was married to Tom Cruise, and then we got divorced in the Scientology thing. Like, Mm -hmm. all of this noise still clouds up Nicole Kidman a little bit, Mm -hmm. and... I'm always fighting with people about it because I'm like, she's amazing. She was amazing pre-Tom. She -hmm. was amazing post-Tom. Probably Mm -hmm. better. And I'm like, I don't know why people think that she has to keep approving herself. It feels bonkers to me. I think she could, like, part of the issue with Nicole Kidman is that people are always looking at it's Nicole Kidman. Even when, when she, no matter what she's performing, I know, like, I'm not saying I don't right. like Nicole Kidman. I, I like her a lot. Um, but I, I, I guess I struggled to see her as Lucy because I was just seeing Nicole Kidman. Right. Which, I, I, uh, me too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just kind of like the Kristen Stewart. I see Kristen Stewart yeah. in a Lady Diana dress. Mm-hmm. And it's a good, good job. So. <laughs> uh, but we still we are not you have not absorbed into the character to, where it's like seamless mm-hmm. would you I don't know where they end you begin yeah or I mean jumping back a little bit to, to Andrew Garfield or Will Smith they're kind of yeah. not necessarily doing imitations they're they're I mean that could be a whole nother 
conversation, but it, it does it never felt like they were for me imitating right. something that someone else did. But then again, they're also not struggling with the popularity of someone like Lucille Ball or Princess Right. Daphne. To me to me like there's just certain Sir, I'm like, I don't even want anyone to go near him. I don't want you to go near Elvis. I don't want you to go, um, I don't want you to go near Marilyn Monroe. I mean, even the ones like Michelle Williams did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, but there's still a part of it that doesn't ring that true. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I don't think there has been the movie that has come out yet where it's like, this has a good balance. And I don't know if Ana de Armas is going to be the magic potion. Oh, is that? She's she's doing, oh she's my. playing her in Blonde based on um, the Joyce Carol Oates novel. So oh. years ago, over about 12 years ago, I think, no longer than that, maybe 20, there was a, like, television event, you know, like, on ABC for two nights or three nights, like a mini series, mm-hmm. and it was on Blonde, and it was, <laughs> and it was like Poppy Montgomery as Marilyn. You know, Poppy Montgomery like is an NCIS now, but yeah, she was yeah. really young then. I mean, I remember there was the the made for TV movie Norma Jean and Marilyn. Yes, from the mid nineties, where it was Mira Sorvino and Ashley Judd. And Ashley Judd, and, and I it, thought that was an interesting concept that yeah. actually have different. Oh, I loved that. Different actors pre and post surgery. And Ashley yeah. Judge would just show up and scream at Mira <laughs> Servino and make her she's like, You're a horrible fat cow and she'd be like, No And I'm like, My mm-hmm. God, Ashley Judd's mean. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I liked that. And they've done um was it the secret oh gosh, what was it called? The Hidden Life of Marilyn Monroe. That was like on Lifetime. It was actually pretty good. They've done mm-hmm. again it's, such a known. But I'm looking at a picture on your wall or yes. a painting of of Monroe. <laughs> yeah, like it, I mean, I think it's gonna be she like speaks something to you that obviously she's, she's very. You hold her dear. <laughs> yeah, I like I like her as Norma Jean more though. As I get mm-hmm. older, like that doesn't seem like a real. It's not really a real human when she's made up. Right. Um, but I think it. I think there will eventually be some type of biopic, but it will be like a ghostly pop of Lorraine biopic. I mean, if you if you watch Jackie and Spencer within the same day, mm-hmm. you're like, this is just gonna be a ghost story series of like haunted, you know, royalty of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like he could just. Go down the line. Do it. I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, and it could be like, what was that French? I don't know if you know that that French film that was like a three part, like Red, White, and Blue. I thought that Juliette Binoche was in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't. It came out I, in the nineties. I, I, I'll sound like an idiot, but I don't know how to pronounce the uh, the the writer right. director's name. But yeah, no, it was a a, a blue, red, and white. Blue, red, I, and I, white. I, I might yes. be saying the wrong order. <laughs> right. Because they. It's like they came out in a specific order, but that might not necessarily mean the way the, the filmmaker intended it right. to be. Anyway. Was it Julia Binoche? She was in one of them. She was in one there of them. There was a different, like a different ingenue. Yes. Uh, with each one. I mean, that is a definite thing that Pablo Lorraine could do. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. Um, 
But yeah, so you're thinking again, best actress. You're thinking. Best actress. I'm. I. I've, I. I. At first was going Olivia, but yeah. I'm thinking. I, I'm more torn. I. I don't think. I'm not feeling Nicole Kidman, as much as I love Jessica Chastain. Uh, that that would be quite a surprise. I remember when Olivia Coleman was up for the favorite, and I do an Oscar pool with uh, <laughs> a, a friend. A friend of mine. He takes care of everything. All I do is pay my money and awesome. and, to, and, and and give my predictions. And I usually am terrible. But there's always one random category that that I get right and nobody else even guessed. Because with the favorite, that was the same year that there was the Glenn Close in The Wife and, yes. and Lady Gaga as A Star is as Born. A Star is Born. <laughs> and everybody was guessing between the two of them. And all I can say is I saw all the movies and I thought Olivia Coleman gave the best performance. Right. But then, you know, when the when everyone thinks it's going to be between two people, and then a third one ends up winning, and everyone goes, how did that happen? Because the votes were split between the two popular ones. Right. And the, because uh, the way the voting system, I don't need to get into that, but it's, it's deceptive. It's not like everyone just votes this person. Really? They, it's like, it's a ranking system, and you get points for each one. Oh, God. And that's, that's why there could be, it's, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 complicated, and I don't fully understand it. But every article I've tried to read that says Oscar voting in three simple steps by the <laughs> middle of step one, I'm like, I don't understand. But I think that that's a good way to really sum it up. Um, Do you think the people who are voting understand? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> because here's my question mm-hmm. that maybe no one has dared to ask: mm-hmm. Are they not knowing how to vote correctly? <laughs> I'm not. Art is subjective. (laughs) I'm not being a sarcastic bitch. I'm just saying, this sounds like a complicated procedure. Like, if you went to jury duty, (laughs) if you were required to do anything else but just sit there, you know, people would be like, absolutely not. Like, I'm already here against my will. You have to ask me the bare minimum. You're asking a lot. In this other scenario. There have been exposés in the past about specifically the documentary awards about how those vote the votes happened in the mid 90s there was a movie called Hoop Dreams. Yes. That the fa- it was not nominated for best documentary and it caused like an uproar in the film critics community and it resulted in the academy like re- uh, uh, like just completely redoing the way they vote for documentaries. Wow. Anyway, because it's like, how does a movie that this, this is this so well acclaimed that is not recognized in documentary. And so, um, yeah, so there's always that, that weird, uh, the, 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 the odd way of voting that can result in these some surprising nominations sometimes. But you know, when you were talking about that crazy year, that star is born, um, it was Stars Born, The Wife, and... The Favorite. The Favorite. You know, it's horrible, but it's like, if you... Go, and, of, of course, I know all about the tea, all about the stupid gossip, but you really see the influences on things like, you know, Us Magazine and stuff, because it's like, who's going to get the headlines for this demographic of the few people mm-hmm. that are still buying this magazine or 
consuming this digitally, like our demographic per the algorithm. So who do we have to put up there and really, you know, promote? It's, well, it's the longevity of Glenn Close's career, the fact that she has been nominated all these times and it, she has not been able to get the award. And then it's the Lady Gaga of the Lady Gaga of the Lady Gaga. You know, I mean, great performance, don't get me wrong, but it is the razzle-dazzle. It is the, you know she is going to show up. She's going to look great. Again, younger demographic. They want to get people to watch. And she's going to have a wonderful slash cuckoo bananas acceptance speech if she mm-hmm. wins. But to be fair, she did receive the Oscar for Best Song. She did. So they... they they can set back on that and go, well, right. we did honor her. Oh, she's on that EGOT train. She's on that EGOT train. <laughs> I agree. I, I think it's I think it's going to Penelope Cruz. Okay. I, yeah, that would be a cool surprise for a lot of people because she hasn't been recognized in a lot of the other major yes. award shows. So, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing the movie so I can actually, you know, we're just like a little slight pivot is that sometimes the people that do the best at these Oscar pools are people that admit that they don't even see the movies. They, can, right. they just look at everything else. <laughs> yeah. But I like to see the movies so I can do a will win, should win. Sort a- of oh, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. So. Look, they didn't ask me, but if they had, I would have said karaoke. Because when you got voices like Leslie and Marcus and you know, that we should have had a karaoke bar. Okay. Um, I have no words. My voice is in my sword. We know the sword is our work. And I like work. (laughs) Thank you for knowing that. And thanks for this. And taking us out from this first episode of a multi-episode, three total, is Frances McDormand from last year's 93rd Annual Academy Awards, where she did win Best Best Actress for Nomadland. A great performance. A little bit of a surprise, frankly. I didn't think she was going to win it. But I always enjoy seeing Frances at awards. Because, yeah, I just don't think she really cares that much for the awards process. Um, But she usually delivers a great speech, and it's always well-deserved. One of my favorite actors out there. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Again, this is the first of three parts. I will be releasing the two other episodes throughout the week. And the second episode will be focused on Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress, of, for the 94th Annual Academy Awards, while the last episode will focus primarily on Best Picture, a little bit on Best Documentary, a bit on Best Song, um, and a little bit on our personal thoughts of surprises and snubs for this year. So that last episode is a bit of a hodgepodge, which I love a hodgepodge. I love a, you know, give me a poo-poo platter, Give me a, you know, everything but the sink type episode, and I'm really happy. I want to thank again my co-host for this week and collaborator, Mr. Stuart Hoffman. It was wonderful 
having him on this episode. His knowledge is invaluable. And um, I felt like he honed me in a lot. You know me. I go off on a tangent. We both went out on tangents, but he's pretty organized. So thank you so much, Stuart. It was great having you contribute to these episodes. And they just get more interesting. So you guys will have to tune in. So thank you again. Don't forget to go to the popcultureperceptioning.com website. It's a companion website to this podcast where you can get a lot of visual content, different YouTube videos, different articles, um, a whole collection of information from every single episode I have ever released. Um, So we have two seasons out there. You can even go back and listen to last year's Oscar Deep Dive, if you wish, with um, my wonderful co-host, Tim Collinwood. So that might be worth checking out if you're an Oscar nerd such as myself, but you do what you want. Also, make sure you go and check out the contributors page to learn a bit more about Stuart Hoffman. And um, we always like to send love out to our special guests. So so, um, until the next episode... I will see you later, popsters.